0: All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Tubes Podcast. It is Wednesday, July 18th, 2018. On today's episode, I'm going to share a recent interview with Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl. And as you'll probably already know, uh, my voice sounds a little different. I am currently on vacation Um, But I had a chance to catch up with uh, Bruce Pearl and talk about this Auburn team, which I've talked about a lot this offseason already in terms of kind of looking at their roster and just really, once again, a very impressive roster when you look at it. Uh, He talked about on the SEC Coaches teleconference this summer just, you know, the size and the depth in the front court. I mean, it's the most he's had uh, since he's been there. And I think now they have those options to work with when you talk about Wiley coming back. Uh, They'll get Anthony Macklemore back from injury. You know, other guys, of course, Horace Spencer, uh, Chumo Kiki, those guys, it just gives them a lot of options now in terms of their big man and how maybe that's going to help them uh, attack in a lot of different ways. And so uh, we caught up with him on the Marching to Madness podcast, which as I continue to mention, that's the national podcast that I host uh, where we interview coaches all throughout the country and always put the SEC stuff we do here on. Uh, the Southeast Teams podcast as well. So I wanted to do that here, and we we talked about a lot of things within that roster, just sort of the team's mentality this offseason and kind of what their focus is moving forward. We've heard uh, the unfinished business theme thus far, and he kind of goes into that and talking about kind of the focus of each individual player, plus that backcourt, of course, with Bryce Brown, Jared Harper, and now they have Samir Doughty, uh Javon McCormick, a late pickup for them. That I know he's really uh, excited about in terms of being able to add more depth there as well. So there, there's a lot of depth on this team. That was kind of the case last year uh, before, you know, Wiley and Pierre Foy had to sit out. But now when you look at what Auburn has, uh, th- there's a lot to like. And I think uh, he's excited, you can tell. And so uh, they're going to have an opportunity again to compete for an SEC championship and have an opportunity to go pretty far in March. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation with Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl. All right, guys, welcome back in to the Marching to Madness podcast. We are excited to welcome back in one of our favorite guests, and that is Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl. And, Coach, uh, our first time talking to you uh, since last year, of course, and you look back at the season you guys had, uh, certainly one uh, that, that really excites your program going forward. You guys win 26 games. You capture a share of the SEC regular season title. Uh, and now you go into an off season. and we've kind of heard you, you talk on the SEC coaches teleconference this summer and all that about sort of the unfinished business and your team's approach how have you kind of seen that momentum carry over and what seems like you know they they still kind of have that chip on their shoulder here going throughout the summer well Blake
1: that's something that absolutely the players uh,
0: have have put
1: forward it really wasn't anything that I did Um, and uh, I think when people hear us talk about unfinished business they would think about how the season ended that we lost to the second round of the NCAA tournament and uh, and and you know, we were down to eight scholarship players and, and we were tired and we were finished. Um, but that really wasn't it. I think, I think the unfinished business is Jared Harper and Bryce Brown, you know, two first two all conference players that had no SEC offers that still feel like they were overlooked and, and want an opportunity to prove it. Uh, Austin Wiley, Danielle Purifoy, uh, Samir Doughty, all three sitting out last year. Uh, they've got unfinished business. Uh, Malik Dunbar goes from a a junior to a senior and and, and Chumo Kiki, a freshman, to a sophomore. How can their roles change on the basketball team and and, and feeling like they've got unfinished business? And I think it's the healthiest way, you know, for us to try to stay humble and hungry and and see if we can continue to build on what we started last season, the last couple of years.
2: Coach, you have, I think, the deepest group of post players in the nation. So how much of a challenge is it going to be to mix in that four-guard offense and, but not get away from maybe attacking with two bigs?
1: Well, I, you know, I think that, Ken, the thing about the way we play is, is we do play small ball. We play four guards in one post, and, and that's going to be the case. When Anthony McLemore is in the game at the post, uh, he's able to stretch the defense because he's he's become such a, a terrific three-point shooter, and that makes what we do really hard to guard. Five out is harder than four. Um, but then when we have Austin Wiley playing in the center and we go four-hour-round one, uh, we'll take advantage of Austin and what he can do. And he's got a chance to be one of the most dominant big men uh, in college basketball. So as a coach, it's going to be so much fun to be able to. And, and, and listen, we're going to play fast with both because Austin is not a plotter. He is a runner. And, and he can get up and down the floor and he can change ends and, and we're gonna to continue to play really, really fast uh, with Austin. And um and, and so I'm I'm just excited about the ability to be able to you know the ability to be able to do both.
0: Coach, you kind of mentioned, I was going to ask about Austin and sort of, you know, we saw him last summer, it seemed like, in the U19 and just the way he ran the floor. Everybody kind of was just wowed by the way he had kind of transformed his body from that that first year he had, which really wasn't, I guess, a full year with you guys because he came in so late. Uh, How have you kind of just seen him kind of continue to grow both in a lot of different physical areas, but also just from the mental standpoint of having, you know, to go through what he went through last year and now uh, kind of prepare for this upcoming season?
1: Well, I think two things. First, physically, uh, Damon Davis is my strength coach, and he worked with the Chicago Bulls for many years. Uh, he is as good as it gets. And one of the things that, that, that we do in working together is there's a real uh, commitment to strength training and movement and explosiveness and power and, and development. Our kids look the part, and it's because they pay the price in the weight room. And, and even though the NCAA gave us back a few more hours on the court, and maybe some coaches uh, are, you know, okay, taking advantage of that time on the court. We are not at all getting away uh, from what we're doing as far as our, our work in the weight room. And I'm talking about you know, the things that we do in the lower body. Uh, to be able to have a guy like Austin become so much more powerful and move so much better, it, 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 it's tremendous to see. I mean, the, the Austin Wiley has got 5% body fat. I mean, there's not a, there wasn't a guy at the combine that was in, in, in better shape. Uh, and in better condition to be able to do the things that that Austin had to do. Um, And and so as a result, that's just, that's just discipline. That's just wanting it. That's making sacrifices and, 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 and and all that willingness. So just uh, very excited. And then from a psychological standpoint, um, you know, what I want Austin to understand is look, he was a victim in this situation and um, a lot that went on behind the scenes. He had no idea about, and, 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 and you know what, as a result, those mistakes cost him his eligibility. And, but that is not what people think about. They think about the fact, for at least from my, my standpoint, this young man could have gone anywhere in the country, but both parents were were, 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 were great players at Auburn. His mom was a two-time Olympian, uh, a legend at Auburn, a, a great pro and All-American. His dad was a leading rebounder on the SEC's senior year. And, and they were they love Auburn, and Auburn loves them. And that's what people are going to focus on. The fact that he came, he could have gone back to, he could have gone to the NBA and been a millionaire right now, but instead he chose to come back and you see if he can improve his status in the draft, but also continue to make history at Auburn. That's quite a legacy. And that's, those are decisions. You just don't see young kids oftentimes making.
0: And, you know, Coach, we talked about that deep front court, and Chuma someone who you talked about last summer when we had you on. You can just kind of tell the, the excitement for his development uh, has a really good first year for you guys and now heads into uh, what should be another really fun sophomore year, I think, for him. Uh, as you have gone throughout the summer and certainly as you'll continue to go into practice in the fall, what are the big things that you and your staff are focusing on with him to kind of help him make that next step?
1: So as I talked about, Blake, the fact that we go four out, one in, um, Schuma and we play four guards. Chuma plays, but uh, he's a point forward, or he plays one of those trailing guard spots. Yeah. And so the thing that I asked him to do, you know, we're asking him, obviously, he showed you last year that he could knock down a three. You know, now he's being able to put the ball down the floor and create. He's always been a very good passer, got a very high turnover ratio, a, a real high basketball IQ. And these are the things that I think he's doing. He can guard multiple positions. That's the thing about Chuma. Chuma really moves his feet and really, you know, just really just knows how to play. Um, he has gotten stronger uh, and really began to wake up that lower body. And as a result, become more explosive. And he's actually cut some weight. He's actually lost a little bit of that baby fat that, you know, that, that freshmen sometimes come in with. Uh, he's eating better. Uh, and he's just training harder. so I do look for I look for Truman to step up and have a have a really, really nice sophomore year.
2: Coach Anthony McLemore, I you know, I was there at the South Carolina game when he had that horrific injury. How's his rehab gone?
1: Well, Ken he's ahead of schedule as far as his rehab concerned, right. but as you remember, that was a gruesome injury. Yes. I mean that was just uh, you know when you're when your leg uh, when you when your foot is broken and your ankle's dislocated, and, and that thing is pointing in the opposite direction that is just just kind of scary um and and so while anthony is um, is back to running and cutting and moving uh he has he's not he, we're not hitting with him yet and and that's going to be the hardest thing the hardest thing is for going to be for him to leave his feet when he's up in traffic and and be feel confident that he's going to be able to you know step on that thing and and have that thing land comfortably with him so it's just going to be a process. He's not ready yet, but he'll be ready by the season.
2: Bryce Brown, Jared Harper, just off the charts. One of my favorite guard tandems. Uh, how how are their games, or really their entire guard circuit, with uh, Samir and Javon McCormick, evolved this season.
1: Well, I think the thing about uh, the thing about the Jared and Bryce is they're both so quick, and they're both so fast and they both can shoot the ball so brilliantly that they're a matchup challenge. Um, And I I think one of the things as it relates to evaluating and things like that, there are just some, you know, there's some, everybody's got their own, uh, you know, uh, feeling for how they feel about certain players. And some guys just like big guards and don't like smaller guards. And it's just something that is a personal preference Maybe it has to do with the defense or things like that. And smaller guards have just not never bothered me. I'd rather be small, fast, and quick than big and slow and plodding. And, um, you know, you know, Jared Harper, pound for pound, is one of the strongest guys in college basketball. And two years ago, he came and looked like Steve Urkel. You know, and now he's just, I mean, he is an absolute. <laughs> uh, Jared Harper will play in the NBA. Write it down. Mark my words. I told people when he came to Auburn, you're going to want to buy a ticket to come watch this play. He's worth the price of admission. Jared Harper will play in the NBA. Now I don't know if and when he gets drafted, but I can tell you right now there's going to be a coach in that league that's going to recognize that with him on the floor, his team's dead. and 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 um, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited for Jared. He is one of the hardest workers and uh, one of the one of the one of the one of the best kids I've ever coached.
2: Coach, you you know I'm crazy about the strategic points of the game. Uh, you know, being a, a high school no, coach. No, you're just
1: crazy. You're
2: just yeah, crazy. I, yeah, you're just I'm crazy,
1: crazy. crazy, and you are, and you're crazy about the strategic points of the game.
2: So yeah. you're right on both counts. Yeah, I'm I'm probably crazy in a lot of ways. I I, I, I was, uh, I, you know I'm just curious. You know, I I I love uh, the chess match, but uh, when you talk about secondary break. What are you looking for in terms of scoring? Everybody's a little bit different on that, I think.
1: Well, I, listen, the hardest thing to do defensively is to get back in transition and get matched up. And so, first of all, before you get to the secondary, you got to get to the fast break. Uh, I, I remember listening to Paul one time, and Jim talked about the fact that there were only four or five things like he felt like your team could be great at. And, 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 he, and he recommended to coaches, he said, listen, you can't be great at everything because you can only be things that, be, that you're going to emphasize. And so if we're going to emphasize, I remember Pat Summit coming to watch my practice and said, she said, what was that drill? I said, that was a fast break drill, coach. She said, well, there's nothing fast about that drill. I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> and,
1: you know, I love when Pat came and watched my practice and she didn't edit. And she was right. So if there's a real commitment to get down the floor, and take advantage of uh, of that. Then that's that's number one. Number two, we're going to try to probe early in a secondary by putting pressure on the rim, uh, and 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 making you back and defend that rim. And as a result of going back and defend that rim, we might have some opportunity, um, you know, to also do some things with some inside out. If fast and secondary aren't there with some early probes, then I want to be patient. And even though we play one the fastest bases in the country. If the bridges out there and all five guys are back, I want to be able to go ahead and get in there and run some offense and make you guard and uh, and so that's that's sort of what my philosophy is in secondary. I don't like True. middle offense I don't like guys taking shots in the middle offense I want you I want to shoot early and I want to shoot late.
0: Coach, uh, and finally, uh, I know the non-conference schedule has come together very well. And one part of that will be the Maui Invitational, always a, a very fun tournament, and always a, a good tournament that kind of helps prepare a team uh, for, for the conference slate. Uh, what kind of excites you most just about the opportunity to go play in Maui this year?
1: Well, just the, just the teams that are there. First of all, you know, I want to thank ESPN uh, because that that is one of their tournaments. You know, for, for believing me when I told them four years ago, I promise you I'll get the program competitive to the point where we'll be able to go out there and, and, and at least not get destroyed. Um, and then secondly, um, we're going to be able to travel. That we'll hold up our end and our fans will get there. And, and, and those are important, really important factors. And, and Dave Odom, uh, who was organizing that tournament, took me at my word. And uh, you know I'm grateful uh, to be included in that field. All I want to try to do, guys, is have Auburn basketball hold up its end. On our campus, we win championships and so many things. Men's basketball has just been so far behind the rest of the sports. And um, you know, I that that's that's uh, that's that's what that's my deal. Um, and um, and then giving those kids that opportunity uh, to play in front of all the NBA scouts and you know play in front of a Hold for you, a nationally televised audience and let them see Auburn basketball and let guys like Charles Barkley that's played at Auburn, you know, be able to watch the TV and watch their team right before Thanksgiving and right before we get ready to play Alabama in the Iron Bowl. And, again, just hold up our end and and, and and see if, see how we measure up. And then know this, that after we get done with basketball or whether we aren't, where do we go from here? You know, like you said, we got to get ready for conference play and uh and we that's kinda like playing in a final fourth. Like playing the elite eight when you go to Maui. That's the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. You know, and then let's see what we can how we can build on it.
2: Yeah, and you're gonna steal some of those Maui, Jim Maui glasses for Big Bill, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and I may I may drink a little cone of coffee too.
2: That would be <laughs> awesome. There
0: you go. Coach, uh listen, of course, we always enjoy this. Thanks so much for taking the time to do it and we'll catch up with you again here soon.
1: I appreciate it, guys. You guys do a terrific job.
0: All right, that was the conversation with Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, of course, just looking at this Auburn team, they're going to be right there when we're looking at teams like Kentucky and Tennessee. Uh, Those are going to be the three teams, and you've already seen it through a lot of way too early rankings and all that, which I don't put a lot of stock into, as you guys know. Uh, But I think you're going to see those three teams are certainly going to be top ten caliber teams to start the season. Uh, And then you look at that next group behind them. Uh, It's kind of one of those things where it's going to be another one of those years in the SEC where anything can happen. Uh, But Auburn certainly has a chance to to be a team right there at the top yet again uh, and have a chance to go even further in the NCAA tournament now. And I think the most fascinating thing is going to be watching uh, kind of how they they play on offense. Like I mentioned with getting Wiley back, you're getting all these other guys that are progressing and developing. I'm really looking forward to Chumo Kiki's sophomore year. Uh, and again, adding Purifoy into the mix, what Samir Dowdy does. There's just a lot, a lot of things that, that are kind of fascinating about this Auburn team going into next season. So uh, enjoyed catching up with Coach Pearl, and uh, we'll catch up with a lot more coaches, of course, on the Marching Madness podcast. And uh, all the SEC wins we do, I will also share here on the Southeast Hoops podcast as well. And of course, I'll continue to have a lot of stuff going up at SoutheastTubes.com. Currently working on uh, some new ideas, some new series, and we're also going to do a site redesign, which uh, I always enjoy doing kind of every year. uh, Get sort of a refresh, and so uh, things may look a little bit different over there in terms of just the design overall, but I think you guys are going to enjoy it as we start to gear up for the 2018-19 season. A lot more stuff in terms of written content going to go up over there, plus the podcast will start to be more frequent as we continue on throughout the summer because uh if you listen to the marching Mattis podcast you know we're pretty much doing five of those a week now um so sometimes it, it kind of i have to catch up on the southeast Soups podcast and we'll get caught up on those as we go throughout the rest of the summer as well so be sure to check out SoutheastSoups.com. you can also follow me on twitter at the blake level so you don't miss anything going up there so uh thanks as always for listening and i will talk to you guys next time